Mr. Feeney? Mr. Feeney? <laughs> are we talking? We're talking. Is that how we do this? Um, That's usually talking is usually yeah. involved in a podcast. It's true. Most as of the time. I've learned, um, watching and learning, and I don't know. I watched <laughs> Only Murders in the Building. Yes. Uh, or I watched the first three episodes of it. Yes. Rather. A blast. Okay, I'm so glad. Oh, man. I hope that's you. When you said you wanted to save it for, I was like, oh, he's no, gonna no, 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 rip it to no, shreds, no, no, no. and I want to enjoy it so bad. I'm having fun. I certainly okay. having a good time with it. I mean, it's Martin Short, Steve Martin, Selena Gomez. What's not the? I mean, exactly. I, the two of them like countering against each other, and then like as a pair against her mm-hmm. is just very, very fun casting. And I mean, all three of them are like executive producers, also. So I'm excited about it. I am in the... I'm still finishing Happy Endings right now. Uh, but when yeah. I'm done with that, I'm going to start that. So I'm mm-hmm. very excited about that. So yeah, you got to watch that. Okay. I will. Mm-hmm. I definitely will. Mm-hmm. It feels like a very expensive show, too. <laughs> just, That's fair. Just watching this, I'm like, mm, this is this is a expensive-ass show. Just from like the cast. Mm-hmm. The, it's like it's well-produced. There's some, some good effects. Like the music, the shots, everything about it. I'm like, oh, this is they didn't they didn't spare any money here. This feels it's not like prestige HBO drama. Like it's not like you know the mm-hmm. Sopranos or whatever the the White Lotus, whatever that show is that they're doing right now. It's the one about like the rich people who go to like uh, like a Caribbean resort, and it's like about white rich people, and it's oh. I don't know whatever. I I haven't heard it's I've heard it's not great. Well, um, if it's about white rich people, I really could not care less well it's it's like in that that genre of like look at how terrible these white rich people are oh, okay okay right okay. but like it's almost kind of an exhausting genre also now too well yeah it's like okay <laughs> we know how terrible white rich people are so like why do we have to watch it over and over and over again right right, right. i don't know exactly like what prestige television niche it falls into mm-hmm. it does feel like the kind of thing that definitely wouldn't have existed before streaming fair Fair. It is a it is a prestige streaming show. There you go. Uh, That's a good point. Uh, there's so much content in the world. Uh, yes, <laughs> so much. So to a point much. where I'm just like, forget it. I will just not ever watch anything ever again, or I'll watch one thing over and over all the time. All right, now I want to pitch you on. Um, I know I pitched you on my movers show. Yes. Right. I got to pitch you on a new reality competition show. Okay, I great. thought of. Okay. Excellent. Um, and for whoever's listening, um, if you want to produce a reality competition <laughs> show, let me know. Cause this is this also is, trademarked. This is a gold mine right here. Okay. It's called No One Cooks Like My Nona. And it is an Italian-American cooking competition <laughs> show <laughs> where Italian-American grandmothers and their grandchildren oh my God. cook in pairs cook Italian-American staples in pairs as a competition show making like lasagna and like uh, oh you know fettuccine and, and mm-hmm. stromboli and like all these like each like famously Italian. right famously like but very, but also very Italian-American too mm-hmm. like not not even like traditional Italian fare like Italian-American like Long Island and it's hosted by Ray Romano <laughs> oh my god oh my god I think it would be awesome I think and it would be a hosted. fucking blast. What's he doing? He's not doing anything. I don't think he's, he's busy. got the time. Uh, yeah, I don't think he's busy. He's I, got the time. I think it would be so much fun. Ray Romano, if you're listening, um, come on the show. Wouldn't you watch that? You'd yeah. Like, you I got, mean, I'm not Italian. But. No, but you've got like a 70-something-year-old Italian-American grandmother mm-hmm. and her like 20-year-old grandson. <laughs> 
and they have to cook lasagna together or something. Are you wanting to be on this show? No, my grandmothers are all dead. Uh, <laughs> all, my gran- all my grandparents are dead. But I think that I would love to produce this show because it sounds... I think it'd be so much fun. And there's like so easy market for that. Yeah. Easy audience built into that. I don't know. I was ma- I think I I was making lasagna like last week. <laughs> is that what made you think? It of is. It is where this came up in my mind. I was making lasagna last week, and this kind of came to my mind, and I was like, oh my god, that'd be so funny. Mm-hmm. Because these grandmothers would get they'd get so mad mm-hmm. at their stupid grandchildren too. Yes. Like, and when I say grandchildren, like I'm talking like adult grandchildren. Yeah. They're like yeah. in their twenty. Like the the gold mine here is that the adult grandchild nominates their grandmother. Like yes. they submit. Like a video of like, here is why my grandmother needs to be on this show. And then the surprise is like, you nominated your grandma and you have to come you cook with have. them. Yeah. Right. And that I think would be so funny. Just like watching this like old, old you know, grandmother sitting over here like, oh yeah, hand me the regatta. The what? Get the fuck out of my kitchen. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like... Get, Turn go around, get, start screaming. I should have, you should have, your sister should have been on here. Yeah. She's like, you know, like... <laughs> It'd be so funny. Your sister. Oh my god, I would love it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's also true. What? In the world of Boy Meets World, Ben Savage is decidedly getting so much more and more similar to Fred Savage <laughs> as he true. gets older. Yeah. In his the way that he like I don't know I notice it very strongly at some of the last like some of the last episodes of season five, but then these first several episodes mm-hmm. I really pick up on some like Fred Savage mm-hmm. bits and energy isms. and isms, yeah, for sure. In this episode, I hate Corey so much, but he delivers worst. one of my favorite lines in the entire series. Which line? When he's like, I'm just exercising and he starts to, he's like don't be silly. I'm just exercising. And he starts doing the thing with the rubber band. I don't know why. The way that he delivers it and just that situation of like he's caught in the hall and he's got his finger on a rubber band. Like, what do you do? He's <laughs> like, I'm just exercising. I was just like, this is, I don't know what it is, but that line has always stuck with me. It's so funny. That, I, yeah, I don't oh my God, to I that. Think it's so funny. I think it's fine. I don't know. <laughs> it's never been exceptional for me, but I guess we should get into it then. We're here. Yeah, we're Let's here. Let's do it. Hi, it's the Feeny Call. We're talking about season six, episode four. four. Are you looking at my notes? No, I almost said three. <laughs> I was uh, this close to saying three, and then I like mentally went through in my mind and was like, no, one, no, two, three, done. four. <laughs> it's season six, episode four, yes. Friendly Persuasion is the title of the episode. I don't like that. Yeah, I don't. I'm just going to say it. No, nope, I don't either. don't like the title. It implies nefariousness. It does. <laughs> A lot of things happen in this episode that I didn't realize went together. Really, both the A plot and B plot, I didn't realize, first of all, that it happened so soon. Mm-hmm. And or that also they were that together. they were in the same episode. I also didn't really remember that they were in the same episode until but, we, we started here. But this is the first time that we get to see Mrs. Feeney. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Which, That's of true. course, I think I might have done this trivia before. So if I have, I'm so sorry. But, of course, Bonnie Bartlett and Bill Daniels are married in real life. That's true. So. They are. Yeah. yeah. Um, that was a big yawn. It just kept coming. Uh, they are indeed. <laughs> over and over. Yeah. Yes. So that's my trivia for the day because it's the first time we get to see her. Mm-hmm. Dean Bolander. I definitely like misremembered a little bit. I felt like the, the Feeney becoming like the teacher and the Rachel and all that stuff. I definitely in my memory remembered that as a little more a plotty than it is. 
It's like, it's a modest split. Yeah. It's not like super obvious A plot, B plot. Yes. But it is definitively like leaning more in the, in the Corey Angela Sean. Of course. Shit. Cause I, that's where like the serious stuff happens. There is some serious stuff that happens in the B plot, but it's like more of like a, oh, moment when Uh Feeney like takes over and we should probably do a recap before we we start. It's my turn, right? Yes, it is. Okay. All right. All right. Here we go. And pressure's on because I've had two amazing ones. Yeah, it's true. And I just watched it an hour ago. Great. So they're at a mixer for freshmen and Sean's like, I want to meet new people. And so him and Angela break up and Corey can't go in the bathroom. And Corey's like, wait, you can't break up. No. And then Sean's got like a girl in the room and Corey's like, oh no. Then Angela's like, he has a girl in there. And Corey's like, no, I'm exercising. Yeah, he's got a girl in there. You guys should be together. And Angela's like, back off. And Topanga's like, back off. And Corey's like, no, wait, Angela and I are actually friends, aren't we? And then he goes into the bathroom and fights with Angela about something, something. Uh, meanwhile, they're supposed to give some class presentation. Feeney's a student, but then he becomes the teacher again. And, and yeah, Rachel. Okay. <laughs> That's my time. I'm oh. out. Was not, I'm not doing great. Uh, listen. It was all right. I don't know what happened in the cosmos. And now that I am yeah, doing the The energy has switched. It, it definitely it's not. It wasn't, I mean, it was okay. Like, you know what happened, but it wasn't strong as they are, are usually. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's fine. It's fine. Um, you got the basics. Yeah. I hate Corey in this oh episode. Oh my God. I hate Corey in this episode. It's the fucking worst. Yes. I just don't. It almost, I gotta say, I gotta say, it almost makes me, ultimately, the episode at the end of the series when Sean and Angela do not end up together mm-hmm. is a little bit heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. But watching this episode made me be like, oh, I so don't want Sean and Angela to be together now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because Corey right, was so Because Corey's being a dick about it. Uh, which, like, <laughs> like I, I need him to be wrong. <laughs> well, and about Corey that drives me so crazy in this episode is he all the time is like, I want them to be like us. I want them to Uh be like me and Topanga, whatever. You and Topanga broke up and Mm -hmm. got back together. Let Mm -hmm. them break up. Let them see other people. And then if it's meant to be, it will come back together. Why do they have to be together every single second of their relationship? You weren't. It's true. So. It's true. Hypocrite. Oh, it makes me so mad. He Asshole. drives me crazy in this episode. Yeah, he's the fucking worst. Um, what'd you learn? I learned, I was thinking about this because I was just so mad at Corey that I couldn't hardly even derive a lesson from this episode. But <laughs> my lesson that I learned is, so kind of what we discussed with, or kind of what is discussed, I should say, in Feeney and Rachel's presentation, which is so wrong. I can't believe that Feeney ever tried to present that. That's beside the point. They talk about how your environment affects, like, who you are. Oh, your environment. His their initial thesis is that it doesn't. Yeah, I know. And that's wrong. Right. Very wrong. <laughs> I can't... To a point where I'm just like, seriously, you thought of this? Well, yeah. And your environment affects your surroundings in tying in with that different friends and the different groups of people that you hang out with hold different purposes and places in your life. And you can respect that. First of all, you should respect that in yourself and realize like where you place in a person's life, which kind of sounds bad. I'll, I'll expand, but also you should respect like you are welcome to have different friends in your in these different environments in your life and that's that's an okay thing mm-hmm. that's totally fine 
So my work friends, I don't need to hang out with them outside of work. They don't have to be my best friends. I don't have to tell them every single thing that's going on in my life. Mm -hmm. We can still be friends. Corey has this misconception that everyone, that they have to be best friends. It's all or nothing. Yes, it's all or nothing. And I'm like, that's not how this works. And so, and different environments invoke different things. So like my work friends see me in a different environment and in different struggles and challenges and different conversations and everything than Jamie does or uh-huh. that even that you do like, yeah. and that's okay. It's totally fine. And if someone doesn't want to, so like in the event that I was trying to hang out with my work friends or something like that, and they were just like not feeling right. it. They're like, we're not really yeah, those we're not kind really. of friends. I'd be like, Okay. That's fine. That's someone with a healthy self-esteem. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and then you're like, if you really want to kind of dive into that and just be like, well, I would like to explore, like have a conversation about this. That's one thing. But forcing yourself on someone else, even in a friendship setting, it's not necessary. And again, like you said, it's a lot of times it's not about you and you don't have to you just shouldn't be forcing... If you're forcing yourself on a person, you're doing it wrong. Mm-hmm. Period. Mm-hmm. End of statement. In any capacity. Emotionally, physically. If you're forcing yourself on a person, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> and that's part B of my lesson. <laughs> I didn't realize that, I, that that was part of it. But I got there eventually. I think that's great. I think that's a good lesson. I think that I um, am going to choose for my lesson in this episode mm-hmm. to try to offer some... Further additional, further additions in this yes. course and whatnot. Thus is the point, right? Yes. Um, I think I'm going to see if I can connect them. Okay. I'm going to see if I can Great. pull A and B plot together yep. in any sort of shape, form, or fashion, right? Amazing. So in the B plot, we are, we are taught that someone who has grown in a particular environment uh, is unable to change their behavior when they are put back in that environment. Mm-hmm. And I think there is some validity to that um, with several caveats. Mm -hmm. But what we could then say is like Corey Mm -hmm. has grown in an environment where he's the center of a friend group Mm -hmm. and is unable to adjust to a different setting and is then actually just trying to restore his environment to its kind of homeostasis. Mm -hmm. And uh, what the lesson here is, is that you have limited control over <laughs> your environment and those sort of uh, types of settings. You are not the only factor in that environment. Now, that's, like I said, limited control. Obviously, like, don't like where you live and have the means to do so, then move. Yeah. You know, you have that control. Mm-hmm. Where you don't have control is like, oh, my environment consists of these three people and one of them doesn't want to be a part of it anymore. Mm-hmm. You don't get to nope. tell them they don't. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't have, you can't exert control over that. So mm-hmm. you have limited control over your environment and uh, what makes you a stronger human being is being adaptable to new environments. Yeah. Um, nice. I think... Sean and Angela even are adapting to a new environment, college. Mm -hmm. And I strongly respect them getting to college and being like, this is all new. I want to break up and meet new people. I totally get that. Mm -hmm. Super realistic, super plausible. Happens to shit tons of people every year. All the time. Pretty kind of happened to me, sort of kind of. Yeah. I went to college with a girlfriend. We broke up by, by Christmas. My brother Trevor and his now wife went to college they were dating as high schoolers. Mm-hmm. 
they went to the same college, but mm-hmm. they broke up mm-hmm. when they started college, saw other people for two or three years, got back together around the end of their junior year of college, and now they're married. Yeah. There's Which that's why... totally reasonable, acceptable, believable. Like yep. there the two of them grew a lot as human beings in that time between. You know, like I like I said, I went to college with a girlfriend and we broke up before Christmas. Mm-hmm. I didn't really have any other Oh, that's not entirely true. I had some other serial, like, monogamous relationships in college, but they were short-lived. Dated around, et cetera, et cetera, until I met Sarah. And, like, that was, you know, senior year of college. I, like, Mm -hmm. had knew enough about myself at that point. Mm -hmm. I didn't know enough about myself before then. Yeah. So, yeah. I think Corey is getting in the way. Angela speaks a good point to it where she says, I don't want to get, like, in the way of his personal growth or whatever. Absolutely. By making him feel guilty. Mm-hmm. And while I don't like that the responsibility is on Angela there, mm-hmm. effectively, to like, I need to support his growth or what you know, like, yeah. I don't know, whatever, that, that I don't like the characterization of, but I think the sentiment of like, who am I to stand in the way of someone else's personal growth, mm-hmm. I can respect that mm-hmm. and appreciate that, and that's very mature. Yeah. Oh, yeah. they. I think everyone except Corey handles this well. Yeah. In this situation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Topanga, when she's like, I'm friends with you both. I'm not, you know, taking sides or anything. And you, I respect your decision and whatever. Angela, of course, even though she doesn't, I don't like the fact that she's just like, yeah, but I want him to think I'm okay and whatever. I'm like, you don't have to pretend to be okay. You right. You really yeah. don't. She gets done dirty a little bit by the writers and the does. characterization. She gets written into some like emotional girl mm-hmm. tropes. Mm-hmm. But I do respect the fact that she is noticing that she needs to separate herself from this group of people mm-hmm. and is actively trying to do so because when you break up and you've been in a tight knit group, it can be so tempting like we see in every sitcom ever, to still hang out with those people. Mm-hmm. That does not feel real to me at all. Mm-hmm. Like I've had mutual friends in relationships and you do kind of separate into like this, this is my, these are my closer friends and these are your closer friends and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. And she is now coming to understand that like, I'm still friends with Topanga and like, I'll say hi to you. But again, Corey is like forcing himself on her emotionally because he feels like, like he can't stand the fact that someone doesn't want to be his best friend. I'm like, that's, that's not the your thing place. that sucks too. It's not even about Angela and Sean. No, by the time that he's being a real piece of shit about yeah. it. Yeah, he's being a piece of shit because he doesn't feel liked. Yes. Did you watch the cartoon Recess? Uh, not religiously. Okay. You know the general concept, though. Mm-hmm. It's right. It's the like fourth graders, and it's recess in school. Yeah. All right. <laughs> it's recess. So the main character on that show, mm-hmm. T.J. Detweiler. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> There's an episode where everybody likes T.J. Mm-hmm. All right, and then like there's one character who's like, I don't really like you, mm-hmm. and he goes on this whole thing of like. Everybody likes me. Even, like, the people who bully me like me. And he, like, goes around the fucking playground to, like, everyone. And is like, you like me, right? And it's, like, even, like, again, even, like, the bullies are, like, yeah, I mean, I kind of like you, right? Yeah. Right? And then there's just one character who's, like, I don't like you. I don't, like you. Yeah. I, I don't have to like you. No. I don't like you. <laughs> and that's, like, where we kind of land by the end of it. It doesn't, like, resolve. This character doesn't come around or whatever. No. It's still, like, you just kind of made yourself more unlikable today yeah. by doing this. 
By being um, so insecure that you had to get everyone to say that right, they liked you. Which is how I fucking feel about this. It was like, this is, that was a pod about like a fourth grader, which again, feels like super believable mm-hmm. about like a 10 year old who's out here like, mm-hmm. well, everybody in everybody school likes, likes me. me. Yeah. I'm really like, I'm like nice. Everybody likes me. And oh. then, you know, like that's a little crushing to find out that like you're not one, everyone else at the playground is probably not thinking about you that much anyway. No, ever. And um, two, to find out that like everyone there doesn't necessarily like you or care about mm-hmm. you in any way because you hear, you know, a hundred kids in fourth grade and yep. many of them are like, Oh yeah, I know that kid. He's in my grade. Yeah. And I'm like, that's it. That's where it ends. Yep. And when hard pressed, it's like, do you like him? It's like, well, I don't know him. So and I it's, don't care. <laughs> like that's, yeah. And that's fine. Right. And here we have a like fucking you, eight, 18 or a 19 year old out here with the same insecurity. Yeah. And I'm like, get over your fucking self, yep. man. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. And that's, that's kind of part of it is it's once he gets to a place where he can finally accept the fact that Sean and Angela aren't going to be together anymore, then it becomes about him. I don't even know that he accepts that either. Let's no, no. Oh my God. I no. think we I have like the karaoke in like two episodes. Yeah. I don't think like, he accepts that Sean and Angela aren't going to be together. I think that he's, just shifted, folks. Oh, I think that it, again, this is embarrassing mm-hmm. and and immature and insane that he is more affected mm-hmm. by finding like this takes precedent. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm upset that they're not together. Wait, and you don't like me? Mm-hmm. You know, like, that's the next level. That's worse, right? Which she never said she didn't like him either because Topanga, that's what Topanga kept saying over and over. She likes you. She just doesn't feel close to you. Right. She doesn't like, know you. Right, like, y'all aren't close. And Topanga's like, you ever pull her aside? No. No. And Corey's like, well, she never pulled me aside. It's like, cool. Then, like, fuck off. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Leave it alone. Great. So. <laughs> sounds like both of you like are kind of uninterested. Exactly. <laughs> Well, and honestly, of anyone in that friend group, Corey is the person that I would not want to be friends with the most. <laughs> so I think Angela should have peeled out of these motherfuckers and made all new friends. Yep. Absolutely. Topanga could still hang. <laughs> yeah, Topanga it. can hang. I mean, that's her roommate, so they're going yeah, to Yeah, anyway, they can still like, hang, but I would have been yeah. done hanging with Corey's dumbass. Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree. I would have used college as an excuse to separate. <laughs> For like, sure. Oh, I just don't have any classes with you. I'm going to see you. I'm sorry. It would have been so easy, too. Yes. Yeah, he's just driving me crazy. We have a boom check in this one. <gasps> I missed it. When was it? Mr. Feeney starts, when they're making their presentation, Mr. Feeney says, for example, and like mm-hmm. right after that, you can just see it Swoops dip. In all that. Just oh, a little I didn't bit. See it. I was watching it on my phone though. So. Oh, well. Yeah, I, I had to, I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. And I went back and watched it again because it's, it's almost the, um, maybe the smallest one that we've had so far. Okay. It's but very it's still subtle. There. It was almost like a shadow as opposed to an actual mic, but I still saw the very little uh-huh. of the mic at the bottom. That was a left turn from where we were. <laughs> but the B plot, I enjoy obviously because we get to see Feeney back in his element and now he's going to take over and start teaching again. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I cannot believe that Feeney was going to give that presentation. So let's talk about the thesis. Okay, let's, let's, mm-hmm. we've shit on Corey enough. Let's, let's talk about the thesis here. Okay, so it's a nature versus nurture argument in developmental psychology. Now, first off, I took developmental psychology and who the fuck opens a developmental psychology class <laughs> by assigning you a paired project on independent research of nature versus nurture mm-hmm. without any sort of previous lecture? Yep. Strike one, whatever. <laughs> Besides the point. Okay, so then now, so now you have mm, eight presentations mm-hmm. of people hypothesizing of like undergrads with no formal education in the yeah. subject hypothesizing about nature versus nurture based on like some shit they read in the library i guess yeah. which 
I think when we see Eric and Jack's presentation demonstrates just how bad all these presentations are going to be. Um, yeah, right. <laughs> I think I think that like yeah, that's hilarious, but they're all probably around that terrible. Yeah. Um, well, they don't know anything yet. You haven't taught them anything. Yeah, right. And then moreover, it's like so the the, the thesis Feeney and Rachel are presenting is that the environment will not define your actions. Your actions will be defined by your free will, mm-hmm. right? And so the argument he makes that he asks Jack is if a criminal is released from prison and goes back to his old neighborhood, will he return to a life of crime? And Jack says, no, not if he's not, you know, determined not to. And I'm like, this is the most poorly researched yep. argument I've ever. Like, we have research on recidivism. Oh, yes. We have research. Yep. Which on- is why I was like, I am so. I'm it's a terrible shocked. example. Yeah, I'm truly shocked. <laughs> this about. is, and then the and then the comparison that they make is that Feeney's in a classroom, so he must teach. Yep. And no. then by that logic, a formerly incarcerated person is in a poor neighborhood, mm-hmm. so they will commit crime. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't. These are not it's comparable examples. Makes me mad. Yeah. <laughs> all right. The motivation. The motivational factors are ignored. Yeah. All right. Why does Feeney feel motivated to teach versus why a person feels compelled to commit a crime? And also, <laughs> extremely different. Something else that he says is a uh, to Rachel is like, but you're not afraid anymore, and it's like, okay, that is. That has nothing right. to do with, like you with overcame the argument your that you That's not the same That's thing. That's not the same thing. It's not thing. what you were describing. No. <laughs> Overcoming like Being... adversity or stage fright is not. Yes, right? <laughs> also becoming more comfortable. Like obviously if you're, the, when you first get up there, even when I took speech, like I, I speak in front of people like as a job, like as an actor, I do that all the time. And yet still in speech. When I would get up, my first like minute would be just like a little shaky, mm-hmm. and then I would get comfortable, and then I'd be fine. Oh, it's about getting comfortable, not necessarily. I don't know. It just it felt so. Did you have to take a speech class in college? I did. That was my first semester. I took. Um, it was I don't know like honors public speaking mm-hmm. or speaking in oratory or whatever the fuck it was called. Yeah. So stupid. Mm-hmm. You know what I found a while ago? I was going through some like old, old files on my computer. And found like some presentation I gave for speech class. I think we had to we had to give like a persuasive or an argumentative speech. I think we were given a bunch of topics and had to argue one side of it or something mm-hmm. in a speech speech class. And I um, oh so provocatively at the ripe young age of oh, eighteen boy. was out here aggressively arguing for the national legalization of gay marriage. <laughs> and you know this is in twenty seventeen. No, when did I graduate? I 20, was gonna say it was already what? done. Was this was in 2013, 2013, Excuse me, I forgot. Gay marriage should be legal, Skylar. It, uh, it is, homie. I did it. Two whole years. <laughs> two whole years. This was in twenty thirteen. Um, you did it. <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations. I solved the problem. No, but I was like, I like looked through this and I was like, what an asshole about myself. Yeah. <laughs> like, you're like trying to be so fucking smug and like think you're so smart and mm-hmm. better than you're a dick mm-hmm. <laughs> that's how that's i feel fair. about your freshman per- persuasive speaking <laughs> i mean that's how i feel about this yeah. so smug i don't like it i hate this criminal example i hate i'm just land honestly and we talked about i think it was last episode or maybe the episode before with amy doing something out of character and i feel like i 
in my mind, I was able to justify it with the whole like pregnancy and like this is happening before she has been emotionally prepared for it and whatever. I cannot justify this for Feeney. This behavior is so out of character for him. It is under-researched. It is just way off from any possible data that they could have collected on this topic. Yeah. And I just... It's also like a weird... I don't know. It's just a weird like... I don't... I don't like, when you talk about like a nature versus nurture type of argument in a psychology class, do you start with like an adult? No. You start with like a child. Yeah. I just don't <laughs> understand it. And it's very frustrating because I can't justify it. And it makes me upset that they wrote Feeney like this. I know. I think... I mean, ultimately, I was, we're trying, they were trying to like just get into like proving that Feeney's a teacher and so mm-hmm. he's going to teach. And like we needed to get him to be a professor here. Yeah. Which like they achieve... But, but so poorly, <laughs> so poorly <laughs> bugs me and bugs me, you know, cause here's the, all right. Like, no, you know, you're listening to the podcast you know that that person goes back to their old neighborhood. It's not about whether they want to or mm-hmm. not. Stupid. Most crimes are committed because of needs. Mm-hmm. People's needs aren't being met. It's not just because someone wants to be a criminal. Nope. That's exactly right. It's just the whole thing is. When you release up. somebody from jail and you don't provide them any support, you leave them no further choices. Mm-hmm. But if you provide them support, you know what goes down? Recidivism. Stupid. <laughs> we just have an entire uh, podcast on prison reform. I'm sure there is one. One? Many. <laughs> I'm sure there's like a hundred. A prison reform Boy Meets World crossover podcast let's let's be real here the characters in boy meets world would be wildly uncomfortable with the ongoing like i'm not saying the actors i'm saying that the characters that exist here would be wildly uncomfortable with the ongoing conversation regarding abolishing prisons and police and and you know reforming the legal system and all that they would all be on the side of like well, I mean, obviously I support this. God. I just, you know, want to see it done. Incremental change and <sighs> everyone should be kind and safe. And, nope. you know, we... This is, what, <laughs> this is what I wanted. This is why I want another Boy Meets World reboot. I want them to forget the Girl Meets World. I want to erase it from the face of the planet. Mm-hmm. Have them remake it. Put it on, like, HBO or something. <laughs> because I want them to, like, talk about this stuff. That's just a different television show, man. I <laughs> it's know. Not, it's not Boy Meets World anymore. But I want, like, the same effect of, like, the, we're young and we have one teacher and, like, we grow up. Like, I want the same general, I guess, overview or overarch of the series. Okay. But I want it to actually deal with real stuff as opposed to... You don't like me? What the fuck? <laughs> I'm sh- I, I would argue that that sitcom probably exists. I just don't know what it is. Necessarily. <laughs> mm, I can't, well, I'm sure... Hang on. I'm sure it does. Like, I don't know. Fresh Prince. I had some of that. They didn't have like a big series arc per mm-hmm. se. But I mean, I, just, I don't know. I think that To that's an extent, there. I suppose. There's... Um, I don't know. It's different with streaming now. Too. It is so different with streaming. Yeah. Who's your MVP? I don't know. Everyone sucks. Um, not everyone sucks. Topanga, maybe. Topanga doesn't suck. Yeah, let's do that. Yeah, Topanga's that my MVP, too. Yeah, she doesn't suck. Yeah, she's the only one who's, like, not only handling everything in a mature fashion, but then I feel like is... And again, this is more of a writer's thing than anything, but just the way that Angela 
feels like she has to hide her feelings and emotions to, mm-hmm. like, cater to Sean. I'm yeah. just like, I don't like this. Right. But that's not her fault. That's the writers. But right. they kind of did her dirty in this episode. So, sure. But Topanga is written very well. Mm-hmm. She handles Corey very well. She mm-hmm. handles the situation. The split between Sean and Angela maturely. She understands. They give her some sexual agency. Yeah, man. She's like, come on. Let's fuck around. Exactly. Which, like, we never see. Right. This, this, is is the, the, this is the horniest episode. For I the was going to say, <laughs> this is the first time I think we've seen anything other than like her being like, I'm not sure. I don't know. Right. I don't know. So I think, I think she's finally coming around to the idea of like, we're in college now and we're going to be together forever. Like we're technically kind of engaged. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So let's just like do some stuff. Yeah. Not all the stuff, but I think they're probably getting further than they did in high school. Mm-hmm. As Topanga would say, oh, there's a real good chance. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah, yeah. It's Topanga. She's got it for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, anything else? I had thought of something and I've just forgotten it. Great. I know. You're doing great. Thank you. Damn it. Oh, I remembered it. Um, your, your hilarious comedic moment that you love so much, mm-hmm. Corey and the Rubber Band... I was just exercising. It looks suggestive as fuck. Oh my god, you're right. <laughs> that makes it even funnier. And it goes on for quite some time. It is very suggestive. He is just it sitting here. Happens. Definitively looks like he is like stroking a, a huge dick. <laughs> One of my favorite moments in this episode is where they grab he the guy comes up and he's like all buff and stuff oh, like that. Yeah, and he's yeah. like what are you doing my girlfriend's in there and he like walks in and he grabs the towel and then you just hear hello and Topanga comes out and then Sean whoa yeah you know <laughs> that dude apparently he's he's hung apparently I guess so <laughs> I don't know do you think they were woeing at his at his muscles or his penis or both I think the combination yeah definitely yeah hmm mm-hmm I feel like the combination is what gets the yeah. woe from both Topanga and Sean. Wouldn't you be inclined to make an assumption that this man is compensating with all of his weightlifting and therefore or taking a lot of steroids mm. and then he actually has a very small penis? I'd entertain that thought. That's maybe funny. maybe the woe was this but, is contradictory. <laughs> well, then he's ha- he'd have to be like really secure yeah because if he wasn't going right. into just walking in without a towel nah this dude this dude's ripped and he's got a big dick like that's <laughs> <laughs> there's no ifs ands or buts about this it this is this is a, a young college stud in his mm-hmm. in his prime mm-hmm. he's he's built he's hung and he's ready to, to whip his dick out and... but also i don't know why he said to take a shower and to meet chicks uh-huh. i'm like Ooh. i know i hate this prospect that the co-ed bathroom is a place to meet chicks that's Literally what makes it feel anywhere gross. else, yeah, exactly. That's, that's what makes me not like him. But right. Like, that's well. That's what makes me that that feeds an argument for predators in bathrooms. Yeah, that's true. You're not yeah. wrong. What are you doing? For to me, chicks, not in the fucking bathroom. You're not. Well, and also tells me that he is vanilla as fuck because if mm-hmm. he needs to take off his shirt and clothes mm-hmm. in order to get a girl interested in him, mm-hmm. clearly he's boring and he's boring. probably misogynistic and probably really bad probably or boring. Considerably, person. does not have a sense of humor. Nope. Does we're making we're making assumptions about this guy? He might be very well read. He is a maybe, lovely human. Maybe he's a poet or a stand-up comic. Um, oh my god, that makes it worse. <laughs> he's not a stand-up comic. Uh, Have you seen a stand-up comic? They don't look like him. No. (laughs) (laughs) 
You can find us on Instagram at the Phoenix Call Podcast. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter at Phoenix Call. You can send us an email, Phoenix Call Podcast at Gmail, and you can also leave a voicemail that could be featured in the show. What was I going to say? I don't know. Thanks oh. for listening, y'all. Yeah, thanks for listening. <laughs> anyway. Are we done? Sure. Okay. <laughs> I think I mentioned everything. Leave us a voicemail. Did I say that? I don't know. This one devolved at the end. Call um, us. It'd be fun. We appreciate you for joining us mm-hmm. on this journey and wherever it took us today. Mm-hmm. Thanks for listening, y'all. Be easy. What? <laughs> I was listening to Code Switch earlier. That's how they end Code Switch, so I thought I'd throw it in. Oh, my God. That's not how we end. <laughs> all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. <clears throat> Class dismissed. <laughs>